You may be seated. It's normally how I start every sermon, but <laughs> welcome. It is good to see all of you today. It's a great day to be at sunset, and uh, it's a great day to be alive. And we are grateful for all the wonderful blessings that the Lord has bestowed. A very happy Mother's Day to all our moms present. I'll have a little bit more to say about that in just a minute. But first, let me begin with some announcements. Uh, next Sunday is our high school graduates um, senior recognition day. So please uh, be planning on attending. We assume that you all will attend, but uh, um, this will be a special time when we can gather and recognize and remember all of our high school seniors. Also next week, we will begin taking pictures for a new pictorial directory. Um, we are asking that everyone go back to the Welcome Center at some point in the upcoming weeks and verify that all their data is correct, their phone numbers, email addresses, and those sorts of things. Uh, but then also um, you will be able to, and I'm not sure exactly what the process will look like, but you'll be able to uh, uh, have your picture taken. And, um, and and so that will be extremely helpful as we're looking through the directory. Those pictures will, will be available online as well. And so uh, that, that will be very useful for us. As, as Stephen mentioned, our, our children are with us today. And, uh, and so we're grateful for their presence and, uh, and, and, Beginning today, you'll, oops, you'll find these. <laughs> it's alive. It has as much wiggle as the kids around us. Um, uh, you'll find a card like this and some of the seats scattered around. But basically, it's an inform informative card to kind of help you understand and think about not only for the parents, but also for us as members. So um, if, if you have children, please look for one of these. You can read it uh, and then leave it for someone else to, to read. But uh uh, it is important for us to understand that we all play a part in being a family and having our children with us is an important part of that family experience. Uh, and then lastly, um, if you have not already done so, please remember to get one of the elder qualification forms and turn that in by next Sunday. Uh, we would ask that uh, um, you prayerfully consider names of brothers that you would be willing to serve under and with and uh, and and have that in your mind and then turn those names in either to uh, an elder or a minister. You can email me or text me if uh, you don't have the form, but um, uh, please spend a little bit of time thinking about that. Okay, uh, we're going to begin our uh, assembly or the, the message with a scripture reading, and I'm going to invite Caleb Bergman to come on up, and uh, he will do our reading for us today. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not want what belongs to others. It does not brag. It is not proud. It does not dishonor other people. It does not look out for its own interests. It does not easily become angry. It does not keep track of other people's wrongs. Love is not happy with evil, but it is full of joy when the truth is spoken. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It never gives up. Love never fails. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. God desires to be in relationship with all of us. And the word that describes that relationship overall is love. 
The scriptures themselves proclaim God is love. And to help us understand how that plays out and what that looks like in our lives, the Bible uses any number of different images and metaphors and similes to help us understand. And last week we saw that God is like a good shepherd. In the same way a good shepherd takes care of his sheep, God takes care of us. Jesus is the good shepherd. We also read in scriptures that God is our father. We read that God is the potter and we are the clay. God is the rock. He is the vine and we are the branches. For some individuals, the idea of God being father is a bit problematic because not everyone had a great dad. In the same way, not everyone had a great mom. And depending on your circumstance today, this might be a difficult day for you. In fact, if it's so difficult, you might not have even come to church. You might be listening to this on the recording. I know many individuals that don't go to church on Mother's Day because of the pain for a number of reasons. And so as we begin thinking about the priority of love and how that's played out in the lives of our children, I want to begin by reading a poem written by Amy Young entitled The Wide Spectrum of Mothering. To those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate with you. And we will be celebrating a little bit later on to those within this last year. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of a food stain, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility fraught with pokes, per, uh, pokes prods, tears, and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make this harder than it is. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you today. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who've experienced abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your, exist your, your, we acknowledge your experience. To those who live through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those of you who have aborted children, we remember them and you on this day. To those of you who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way you longed for it to be. To those who step-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who envision lavishing love on grandchildren, yet that dream is not to be, 
we grieve with you. To those who will have emptier nests in the upcoming year, we grieve and we rejoice with you. (laughs) To those who place children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. To those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart, and we have real warriors in our midst. We remember you. Mothering is complicated. And yet, God continues to use women and mothers to nurture and raise and care for the children he brings into this world. God is love. And it was that love that motivated him many, many years ago to create new life, to share his love with other individuals, with human beings. And so God creates new life out of this desire he has to share his life for others. And because of that, God becomes both our father and our mother. It sounds strange to say. We readily understand how God can be father. Isaiah chapter 42 verse 13 says, The Lord will march out like a mighty man. Like a warrior, he will stir up his zeal with a shout. He will raise the battle cry and will triumph over his enemies. That seems to resonate with us in the image of who God is and what he's about. And yet the very next verse, verse 14, Isaiah chapter 42. Says, and God says, for a long time I have kept silent. I have been quiet and held myself back. But now, like a woman in childbirth, I cry out, I gasp, and I pant. And then later in chapter 49, God says, How can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion for the child she has born? Though she may forget, I, who have borne you, I will not forget. You see, I have you engraved on the palms of my hands. And so scripture actually leads us to believe that God is both our mother and our father. He has both characteristics. God knows the pain and self-sacrifice of giving birth and raising children And God knows that we need to be nurtured. And so he gave women and men not only the opportunity, but also the responsibility of imitating himself and bringing life into the world. In an ideal world, the only reason new life would be created is out of love. And once that baby arrives, what sustains that child is love. What maintains that relationship is love. But unfortunately, 
in our world, and not only in ours, but even in the biblical times, in our world, love is not always present. What's interesting about the text that Caleb read for us, and he did an excellent job, I know he's practiced hard, and I appreciate the diligence that he and his parents put into making that reading a worthwhile experience for all of us. When Paul is dealing with this conflict in the church where people are biting at each other, they're fighting with one another, they're complaining, and they're thinking that certain gifts are better, and what is really going on is they're thinking that certain people are better. In the midst of all that conflict, what Paul does is he talks about love. Because love not only sustains and maintains our physical families, but love also sustains and maintains our spiritual family. And the various descriptions that he used of love actually show us what love is by describing what it looks like to love. If we go back to the beginning of the text, he gives two specific positive uh, uh, attributes or descriptions that kind of overall serve as an umbrella. Love is patient and kind. Uh, and then he gives a number of negative descriptions. This is what love isn't. And evidently those were some of the very things that were happening within that congregation. So he says, it does. love does not want what belongs to others. Love does not brag. Love is not proud, does not dishonor other people, does not look after their own interests. Love does not become easily angry, does not keep track of other people's wrongs. Love is not happy with evil, and then he turns positive again. But it is full of joy when the truth is spoken. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and never gives up. Love never fails. You know, I could talk to you about the the physics of sound and music, and I could tell you that uh, uh, music is a result of a series of wavelengths that are disturbing the air that then create a uh, vibration in our ear. Well, that might serve for a uh, high school test, but it doesn't really help us understand. It's a whole different thing for me just to turn on Andrea Bocelli or uh, uh, Leonard Skinnerd or someone else, just all the different spectrums of, of music, right? It, it's one thing to explain that a diamond is a solid form of pure carbon with its atoms arranged in a crystal. And it's a whole different thing to see one, especially if it's on your finger, right? And so Paul is giving us pictures of love. And I think what he's doing here is actually two things. One, he's reprimanding the Corinthians because of their lack of love. And perhaps as you heard those descriptions, you felt a little bit of remorse. Wow. I really need to improve. But, but he's also not only reprimanding, but he's encouraging and giving them an idea of what love should truly look like. 
And if there's anything that we walk away from this text understanding, it's this, that love needs to be heard and it needs to be seen. And it's not a one-time action. It's a process. In fact, Paul says that he refers, Paul says that this is a way, this is a path, this is a lifestyle. It's wonderful to give your mom's flowers on Mother's Day. It's wonderful to call your moms and tell them how much you appreciate them. It's a different thing to remember them throughout the year and remember them throughout your life. And that's the challenge for us as men and women is to live a lifestyle of love, recognizing our moms, our dads, the individuals that have brought us into the world and raised us. It's the challenge for us as church people. It's relatively easy to get along with people on Sunday morning. During the week becomes a little more challenging. But of all the places we should see love and need to see love, it would be in our homes. Between spouses, between parents and their children, between children and their parents among siblings. Baseball Ironman Cal Ripken Jr., said, growing up, I love you wasn't spread around too much in our household. Not that it wasn't meant. I could tell you every time my dad told me he loved me without saying it. It's just the way things were back then. That part is different for my family. I I want my kids to hear. I tell them I love you no matter what, which means... Whether you're good or bad, happy or sad, it doesn't matter whatever you are. I love you unconditionally, always. It all goes back to security and telling them that you'll always be there for them. Maybe you run the risk of telling them you love them so often that it loses meaning. He concludes, I'll risk it. I'll risk it. In a book entitled, What is Love? From a Kid's Point of View, there are a number of quotes attributed to various children about what love looks like. One child says, when my grandmother got arthritis so she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore, my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands got arthritis too. That's love. When someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. You know that your name is safe in their mouth. Love is when someone hurts you and you get so mad, but you don't yell at them because you know it would hurt their feelings. Love is when mommy makes coffee for daddy and she takes a sip before giving it to him just to make sure that the taste is okay. Love is what's in the room with you at Christmas if you stop opening presents and listen. Love is like a little old woman and a little old man who are still friends even though they know each other so well. (laughs) Love is when mommy sees daddy smelly and sweaty and still says he is handsomer than Robert Redford. (laughs) 
Love is when your puppy licks your face even after you left him alone all day. And then lastly, you really shouldn't say I love you unless you mean it. But if you mean it, you should say it a lot because people forget. Tuesdays with Maury was uh, an amazing book that impacted me when it came out. It was just so meaningful at my point in life. It's written by Mitch Albom, and he tells the story of um, uh, uh, walking alongside one of his professors as the as Maury was struggling with uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. And so, what point? At one point, Maury is is very frail. He's lying in a recliner, obvious pain. He grimaces and asks Mitch to rub his aching feet with salve. Then, meanwhile, Maury is talking. He says, you know, when we were infants, we needed people to survive. And now, when we're dying, we need people to survive. But here's the secret. In between, we need people even more. Mitch nods, and he responds with a quote that he's heard Maury say many, many times. We must love one another or die. God is love, so be like God. Now, it's easy to hear a message like this. It's easy for me to preach a message like this thinking, you know, that's right. They should show me more love. They should be more loving to me. And perhaps they should. But the way God's spirit works is that he leads us and helps us grow to a point where we become more patient and more kind and more forgiving. Even with difficult people in our family, in our homes and in our lives. So whether we grew up with love or we grew up with affirmation, we can still be men and women who love our children and love our spouses and love our grandchildren. And we can be individuals who have chosen not to repeat whatever models we've seen and we can choose to love in the same way that God loves us. It's a wonderful day to remember those who are rejoicing today. But it's also a day for us to mourn with those who mourn. And so we embrace and we walk with you, we sit with you, we laugh with you, or we cry, depending on what your experience is today. One of the things we're going to do today is to celebrate new life. And after our prayer, um, we will honor and pray for uh, those families that have had new life come into their uh, their families within this last year or so. And so uh, I'm fortunately going to be over with the Spanish and I won't be with you at that part. But uh, I do thank God for those lives and thank God for each one of you. If there's a way that we can pray for you today, uh, if there's a way that we can pray for you as you struggle with loving someone, 
that you haven't loved or forgiving someone that you haven't forgiven or loving um, in a way that you haven't loved, uh, we would be honored to pray with you and for you. If it's a relationship with God that you need to develop and deepen, uh, we would love to help you with that as well. So I invite you to stand, make your way to the front if we can pray for you today. Let's see. Created me a 